0: Relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Deadly. deadly. only a movie, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a male.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to More Deadly, the director's cut, where we speak with the women identified directors who are making the horror movies. We love, 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 love to watch More Deadly is a trans inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in the space that centers the work of women. Joining me today is my hero, (laughs) <laughs> she is the sister you've always wanted, the Aww. mother you deserve, oh my gosh. the friend. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm paraphrasing Oprah. It's not going well. But I do <laughs> feel about you the way that Oprah feels about Gail.
2: Oh, that's very sweet, Rachel. Ditto. Facts.
1: Facts. <laughs> Facts. How are you doing, girl? How doing are you? Good. I'm doing You hanging good. in there? Yeah.
2: Sp- spooky season continues. Yes. It is upon us finally.
1: We are celebrating it on social media. How are we
2: doing so? <laughs> so every weekday in October, we are releasing a review of a horror short because we figured that was something that people could easily play along with. Watch the shorts along with us. And then each weekday, we will release a video review for you guys on Twitter and Instagram We where we are at ZG Podcasts. So if you're not following us, you definitely should be because we're having a lot of fun talking about these horror shorts.
1: Yes, we are. We have (laughs) discovered some very spooky doings and some very strange
2: ones. Some super strange ones. Yes.
1: (laughs) There is one involving a sink. There is one involving a pie. Sure Um, is. (laughs) These that will live on forever in my mind and hopefully yours. Yep. But that's not all. Oh, no, Ariel. Spooky season is here. So we are doing it big, big, big. We also have our Halloween live special coming for patrons. If you are a patron, you get to watch us. I don't even know what to do. We're going to do live on October (laughs) 15th. We'll have more details on social media of exactly what time the show starts and how to watch it. So if you've been thinking about becoming a patron, maybe now is a good time to just give it a little look-see and check out our live show. We're going to have... Our buddies from Here's Johnny will be joining us. Almost the entire cast of the whole Zombie Girls Network will be there. There may be
2: costumes. Maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you definitely want to check it out. All right. There is something even more exciting than what is happening on our social media and Patreon. And that is yes. what we have planned for this show today. And that is. I'd like to say we, but I had a little last minute emergency and my hero, my queen, the angel that is Ariel, took this one on alone, which I am so bummed about because I wanted to talk to
2: them so I know, bad. I'm sorry. They were great. Ah, <laughs> we... She
1: is talking to Vanessa and Joseph Winter, directors and star of Deadstream, as well as a segment in the upcoming VHS 99. Yes! (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get into the interview, why don't you tell me a little bit about Vanessa and Joseph while I curl up in the fetal position and openly weep?
2: Oh, Rachel. All right. So just like Rachel said... Deadstream was written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winter, who are actually a husband and wife filmmaking team. So I'm obviously going to focus a little bit more on Vanessa here. So she did not know that she wanted to be a filmmaker until one day when she was completely new to film and she was doing the production design for a student project and it was going way over schedule. Apparently, she was wearing and operating all the sound gear and holding a bunch of expensive lenses in her lap for the DP who was sitting next to her holding a giant 16-millimeter camera. And all of this was happening in the back of a barely functional 70s car that was (laughs) spinning donuts with the actor on the windshield. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God.
2: (laughs) She said that she was absolutely terrified and everything was going horribly wrong. But for some reason, that's the moment that she knew she wanted to be a filmmaker. (laughs)
1: Oh my god, she's such a bamf.
2: Oh my god, I'm obsessed. I know, I know. All right, you're gonna be even more obsessed in a second. I no. very, very begrudgingly share this piece of information with you because I know you will lord this over me. But her favorite woman-directed horror film oh. is Pet Cemetery. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes Queen. Na, 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 na.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I have been vindicated.
1: <laughs> yes, vindication. <Yet> again. <laughs> I mean, do you think maybe it's a situation like where I had with the film Prince of Darkness where I watched it and mm-hmm. I was like, I can see there's something there, but it's not for me. I don't get it. And then I, but I kept going back year after year, like every few years I'd watch it. And then one year it clicked. And now I'm completely obsessed with that movie. Do you think there's a chance that maybe Pet Cemetery could be that for you?
2: I think it's possible because we did do an episode on it back in the early days of our podcast with the ladies from the ruined podcast and that was the second time I had watched the movie and I definitely appreciated it more that second time Mm, I still really hate the whole Rachel plot line no offense but rude But I think that I could get there one day. We'll see. I'll have to put it on again one of these days. Yes. Excellent.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a, I have a long con going. <laughs> <A> long con. <laughs> You'll eventually turn me into
3: a Pet yes! cemetery super fan. All right. Yes. All right.
2: So before they made Deadstream together, Vanessa actually wrote and directed a horror short and a TV movie on her own and has also directed episodes of the TV show Loving Life and Studio C, which is a sketch comedy show, which I think is really interesting. So after that, the pair wrote and directed Deadstream, which also stars Joseph as main character Sean. Mm -hmm. And like Rachel was just talking about, if you like Deadstream and are wondering what's next for them, they have written and directed a segment in the next VHS anthology, which is called VHS 99, which is coming out October 20th. So it's really, really close. And if you stay tuned and listen to the interview at the end, they give us a little sneak peek about what they did for the movie. Yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: oh, <Rachel>. <laughs> <laughs> all right so spoiler warning for this we are going to do our best to avoid spoilers in my synopsis as well as in your interview yes but there's going to probably be some details so depending on how spoilerverse you are you may want to wait until you've watched the film or you can just proceed now i was not there can you confirm whether or not this is something they need to really be worried about or spoilers
2: Um, No, we kept things pretty vague. Okay, so I I think you'd be safe to listen to the interview, but of course, I think you should watch it.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair, fair, fair. (laughs) All right, so let me give you a little synopsis for this one. Mm -hmm. All
2: right, as you said, this stars
1: Joseph Winter as Sean Ruddy, a canceled internet personality who is desperate to win back his followers after an incident turned him against them. His plan which is brilliant in my opinion, is to live stream himself in an abandoned haunted house, which, like I said, to be fair, I would absolutely want to watch, right? i uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, However, this is a horror movie. And the haunted house, it turns out, is a lot more haunted and pissed off than he had expected going into this like, <laughs> sure spectacle. Sure is. <laughs> and he finds himself kind of uh, in the fight of his life, all while the internet watches greedily on. All right, let's give our quick high-level thoughts about this movie, because I have—I saw this at South by Southwest, and for the longest time, none of my friends had seen
2: it, and so I have been dying to talk about it. (laughs) I know you've been singing its praises basically all year long.
1: Yeah, that was in, like, March.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I've been
1: holding this since March. I mean, I saw really amazing films at South by Southwest, but this is the one that came out of nowhere and just absolutely delighted me. This is a movie for people who love the love Evil Dead, not the remake, but the fun, wacky yes. mm-hmm. slapstick horror. And it takes it and puts it through this modern lens. I think the way that it uses this sort of the technology is really really smart both in how it is on screen and the way we
2: get additional footage is so clever yeah it is and, really clever and it adds it, a lot of tension and scares yes, to it
1: mm-hmm. yes so much of the scares comes from this very smartly set up sort of I don't know what you would call it like device essentially and working in combination with the on-screen text is amazing I loved this movie this was one of my favorite movies of the year so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. This movie is so much fun. And it is really a celebration of practical effects. And like you were saying, that that style of movie. But it's also found footage. And then it has all of these sort of modern things with like pop-up windows and videos. It's all really cool and really fun. And the main character is obnoxious at first. <laughs> yeah like very obnoxious yeah but i end up rooting for him by the end of the movie yeah. which surprised me and i i just think that you can tell that the filmmakers really love horror you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: he's i thought his comedic timing was so good too there was a lot of self-effacing humor in yeah this because i think he's supposed to be obnoxious i think right are supposed course to dislike yes. him yes. but like you know they wrote all that dialogue that was in the the, the and like they're he's not afraid to make fun of himself you know <laughs> no, he's not it's smart though because he it doesn't he doesn't have much of a character arc <laughs> but <laughs> like a little bit of growth there but yeah, yeah a little not, bit not a lot <laughs> but they're so mean to him and he's I so know. willing to be self-effacing that that is how without without compromising the kind of obnoxiousness of his character it makes you root for him yeah
2: it wins you over in the end definitely yeah. and there's a certain thing that happens in a bathtub it's a little splattery <laughs>
3: <laughs> that I will
2: not soon forget Is all I'll say <laughs> yeah
1: I mean there is a clear clear love of the work of Sam Raimi that is yes. that is homaged oh yeah say in this so if you're, like <laughs> I said if you're an Evil Dead original Evil Dead fan give Deadstream a look post-haste yep all right enough of me fangirling out over this movie even though I could I could go on (laughs) let's get into your interview with Vanessa and Joseph
2: well thank you both so much for being willing to talk to me I really appreciate it thanks for having us yeah this is awesome I just got a chance to see your movie yesterday and uh, I was pretty blown away with what you were able to accomplish so I just can't imagine what both of you must be feeling right now what has this experience been like for you sort of the waiting for everybody to see it, you know?
3: It's been pretty fun. I think the most the most terrifying part was before it got into a festival. There's oh, kind of okay. that space of feeling like, I wonder if anybody will ever enjoy watching this movie.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> that must be nerve wracking.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like the festival tour has helped with that. So now mm-hmm. I'm just excited for October 6th to hit um, because like, we just have seen it now with several audiences. And over time, it's just kind of made me just feel a little bit more like, OK, just loosen your grip. It's it's going to be fine.
3: <laughs> Maybe still a little
0: bit nervous, it's, but mostly yeah. excited.
2: Oh, good, good. Well, I can't wait to be able to finally be able to talk to people about it. Rachel, my co-host, ended up being able to see it at a festival, and she's been hyping it for so many months that it was very exciting to finally get to watch it last night.
3: That's so nice.
2: So I was curious because, you know, we've seen a lot of different combinations of people who direct together. But I was wondering what it's like as a couple. Is it easier because you know each other so well or are there kind of unique challenges to being married and working together in such an intense environment?
3: Man, mostly I see it as an advantage. Um, okay. I think that like having that shorthand creatively um, is really helpful on set. Also having two brains sure. um, in a high stress situation is really nice. The, of course, the tricky part is agreeing on stuff. Um, <laughs> right. We try to get out like all of our awkward married couple fighting in pre-production. Um of but of hard. course it still trickles onto set a little bit.
0: Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say like the, the it's the fighting thing that I feel like is necessary if you're going to work that closely with someone. Um and the, that I don't know that I could do with just a friend, you know, like um get you know have that kind of emotional experience that goes into filmmaking if it wasn't like If it wasn't you, like if it wasn't someone that I also lived with and we know how to fight through things and and like work through things on that level, because it kind of feels like if it was just a friend. I, I don't know. I don't know how people do that, actually.
3: <laughs> that's the question I always want to ask co-directors is how do you guys fight?
0: Yeah. Like
3: if yeah. you're not a couple, how do you creatively soothe each other afterwards? You know? Yeah. Oh, that's guess, a very like, good point. I mean, brother, I mean, brothers is really common and I can see that, you know, they've had like the mind meld going on since they were kids. And so, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe they don't even have to talk to each other anymore.
0: Yeah. But it's like, you're not going to stop being brothers or sisters or whatever. There's a a safety
3: in that. I think that's
0: what you're like. And like, yeah, with being married, like, okay, you could end up still breaking up, but it's, it's less likely. But if it's two friends, it feels like you could easily stop being friends, you know, like after a fight. Maybe it feels a little bit less safe,
3: but maybe some friendships are super close. I don't know. Such a good question.
2: OK, good. Well, that's super interesting that it makes sense that you would have a shorthand and be able to talk to each other, you know, and you wouldn't have to explain as much and be able to work through fights. That's really interesting. So I was reading about your film and I noticed that you filmed in a real house that some of the locals even considered to be haunted and that you maybe had some weird experiences while you were filming. Can you tell me about that?
3: Yeah, there was. Uh... <laughs> There was a lot of, we didn't realize until we got started how much local legend there was around it. And so one of the biggest challenges of filming in this location was that it's so famous that teenagers were breaking in every night to go on like a ghost hunting adventure. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) So getting security around the house was super difficult. And we still had a couple instances where the set was trashed.
0: Um, oh, no. Because they
3: broke they broke in even with the alarms going off and stuff, so that was really interesting. My my absolute favorite story is that on one of these break in nights, our co producer Jared Cook drove out to the house after the police had been called, and the police car was still just sitting there waiting with the cop inside. And he got out, and the cop said, "I was waiting for you to get here because I was too scared to go in by myself." Oh my not, God. Because, <laughs> not because of the band, not because of the vandals, but because of the ghosts, because he was a local and had grown up hearing about all of the local legends. And so he was too terrified to go in the house.
0: So Bark- they're real. They're real for a lot wow. of people. Yeah. So for our co-producer, nothing happened to Vanessa and I. Um, I was really, I think both of us were just really excited when we found out that it's supposed to be haunted. But Jared, um, our producing partner, he was the one that would drive out in the middle of the night every time it was broken into. And so he spent a lot of time by himself at the house okay. at night. Yeah. And he he's a, he's a really sensitive guy and he hated it. He hated being there and he could feel something. Um, so I know he was he like- had
3: some, He had some weird experiences. And they're, they're so did, so, so did tell, our art team, yeah.
0: Yeah, but there are people on set that were telling us like, hey, I don't want to go in that room without a partner. Is that okay? Like. Just certain rooms that they said they were energy. <laughs> Specifically incredible. the one called the master bedroom in the film and um, the bathroom upstairs, which isn't an actual bathroom, but those two rooms supposedly have energies and people have seen apparitions.
2: Wow. That's yeah, a pretty we did, exciting We did get story. a
3: mysteriously moving door on camera. On camera. camera. Oh, on that
0: was so cool. That... On
3: camera? Oh my god. We'll gosh. post that
0: soon. It's yeah. pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you do. That's incredible. What a backstory. Wow. Yeah, that might have freaked me out, especially the whole cop thing. I mean, if somebody in law enforcement that carries a weapon with them doesn't want to go in the house, that's, that's sort of nerve wracking.
3: There was another guy, a construction uh, contractor that worked on the house for us, and he had a similar, a similar feeling toward the house. And it was pretty intimidating because this guy looked like he could take out 10 other men. Oh, wow. He was like, I, when I was a teenager, I saw something in that bathroom and I was <laughs> not
0: about it. Yeah. He saw a woman, he saw a woman standing by the window yeah. when he broke in. Um, and I could tell he believed it. I don't know what I believe. I'm telling you. Right. Yeah. What he
2: believed. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. <laughs> what a trip. So, you know, we, really loved the special effects in your film. I can think of especially the bathtub scene or the one with the kid on the bed. I don't want to really give anything away for people, but those were standout moments for me. So how were you able to create those on an indie budget and how much of it was practical effects?
3: Um, They were all practical. The credit goes to our creature designer, uh, Troy Larson, and our makeup effects artist, uh, Michaela Kester. And troy's creature designs just brought a ton of personality um he's he's so so good and has the same kind of passion for 80s creature features that we do um michaela is also this like really big horror nerd and some of the the makeup applications were so complicated and intense that i mean she was in she was working in really hard conditions. It was really hot when we first started shooting, and our lead actor actress was in makeup for like five hours, and then she would go into another transformation and be back in makeup for three hours. So it was really there was a lot of passion behind the effects from some really creative people. So I don't know. It was it was really fun for us. Yeah, the to be thing. Partnered with people like that.
0: Yeah, I for real there would not be probably half the amount of gags in the film if it if it weren't for Troy and Michaela stepping up and saying we don't want so we presented them a script that had all this stuff packed in it but also we presented them with a very small amount of money like really really small Mm -hmm. and we asked what should we cut from this so that we can just go film this and um both of them came back with this um this attitude of like how about instead of cut we just make we just do what it takes To get it there and maybe the parts that don't look um, like Troy specifically had said, if he has to do all of the things which he wants to do, maybe we just tonally try to justify it so that if you see the seams of his work, if they don't all look as great as the next thing, because he had to do it so fast, maybe the audience won't care as much. And so that was kind of the philosophical approach behind it. But they did everything that was in that original script and then added a couple of gags on top of that that they pitched to us.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of inventiveness, Like Michaela would be inventing blood rigs and kind of like burying them in the dust on the floor. And it was a lot of just improvising, like her throw, like throwing out an idea and then making it work. And I don't know. It was really wow. fun. That's
2: so cool. I think that watching the film, you can really feel how much people who made it loved horror there's a joyousness to it and sort of a celebration of that like you were saying the kind of 80s practical effects that we all grew up loving I think you can really feel that coming across when you're watching it I'm just impressed that you were able to accomplish all that on a small budget I don't know how directors do it but I think you really pulled it off
0: thank you oh thanks (laughs) yeah that's that's awesome (laughs)
2: So I was curious, your film centers around a streamer who was suspended because of a controversy he was involved in. And you mentioned PewDiePie a couple of times in the film. Were you trying to make a statement about how far content creators will go to kind of increase their viewers or make more money?
0: Definitely. Um, We also thought that it would be really interesting if the person that was going through this, Sean, was actually facing someone that had a similar personality, at least in, um, the, the need for validation or the need for an audience. And, um, you know, not every creator is the same in that, like in their personality quirks or everything that drives them. But it seems like even with us, I say, even with us as though like we're some, uh, <laughs> like I just mean creators in general, we, yeah. we want an audience. We want people to like our stuff and we've recognized that in ourselves, And so we've wanted to put that in, like, what if both of these people going after each other just had that and that they were just like fighting them against themselves, basically. And in Sean's case, like he actually is fighting against himself where it's his own fault that he's in this situation and that he's been canceled. And even when he's apologizing, he makes it worse. We just love that idea of like having to confront yourself
3: yeah. and I think we we tried to play with that a little bit with the villain, too, even though she was in the opposite situation of Sean, who's popular on the internet. She was in a very isolated small town. I think this, like this hunger for her art to be seen um was something that uh, I thought about a lot when I was thinking about the villain mm-hmm. just just what drives that as a yeah. human. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's something that we had a lot of conversations about.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because you're first introduced to Sean, and he's, he's not very likable at first, right? He's sort of loud and and obnoxious, a little full of himself. And and then you find out that he actually did some pretty crappy things in the name of, you know, fame and fortune or whatever. But by the end, I actually found myself rooting for him. So I guess I'm curious, how were you able to achieve that? And was it important to you guys to have the audience on his side in the end?
0: I think, first of all, mm-hmm. that's one of the nicest things a person can say to us about the film, <laughs> the idea oh, that good. they end up rooting for him, because yeah. it, was the, it was probably the hardest thing of the whole movie was like, um, trying to get him to a place where people would want to finish this journey with him and not just yeah. at some point, just say like, I, no, thanks. I'm not interested. Even if he gets killed or something, I'm not interested in that aspect. So thank you. Um,
3: I mean, I think there was still part of us that was like, we also wanted people to enjoy seeing him get pummeled at the end. Absolutely. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think the, I think that him, um, we really wanted to tap into him being a real person. And Mm -hmm. I think part of that was just so that he would be watchable. Um, Yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting that you had that experience.
0: Here's the thing, though. That's an experience that we both had when we were researching influencers leading up to this as we were writing the script. We found going into this, I didn't respect some of these big names that I'd never seen before, but heard a lot about. And um, I went into it just kind of like, Look at these guys. Um, and I just didn't want to like them. And over time, I felt like all their content was really abrasive to me. But over time, I started to respect them more and realize that I was wrong to just assume that there's no reason to like these individuals. It's like we sure. realize this is a craft, this is an art that they're doing. There's a reason people like them, even if we don't personally like their style or like the controversies that they're in, there's a reason they have an audience. And we realize like, okay, we gotta make this person feel like there's somebody out there that would really watch him. Um, Because if not, that's just not true to life. Because if you deep dive on an influencer, like it's so, it becomes obvious why people like them and why they have an audience.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I know that we're running out of time, But my listeners would not be happy with me if I didn't try to get a little bit of information out of you guys, because you are writing and directing a segment in the upcoming VHS 99. And uh, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that and any other upcoming projects that you're working on.
3: Yeah, I think I think you guys will like it. Okay, Uh, There's a (laughs) lot of fun monsters and practical effects and uh, a lot of swings at comedy um which was surprising to me but like had me laughing out loud in every segment great um so yeah we we want to yeah we thought that
0: that our segment is the very last one and it's the y2k segment um it takes place in literal hell so we yeah we go there in hours but (laughs) we thought that ours was going to be the comedy segment but we were just really surprised when we watched it that there's comedy in almost all of them really successfully, in my opinion. It was making us laugh a lot. And um, it was a great time for us. I felt like it was a VHS movie made for me. And so I, I have a lot of confidence in the finished film. And I think I think people will really love it.
2: Yeah, oh, that's so exciting. I love a horror comedy. And the last VHS was so good. I'm very excited so, uh, so to see good. what you do in 99. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. If our listeners wanted to follow you online, where can they find you on social media or anything like that?
0: I'm on Twitter and Instagram at josephwintervhs. And I am Vanessa M. Winter.
2: Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You guys were wonderful. And thank you for answering all of my questions.
3: Thank you. Really fun talking to
2: to you. you. It was nice to meet you too.
1: So that was your interview with Vanessa and Joseph Winter. Ariel. Yeah. Let's go. Take the take it away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they were really great. They were delightful. And I loved the fact that I didn't have to ask individual questions to each person. They both answered really seamlessly. It was so cool. You can tell that they work really well together. And I got some great behind the scenes info about the fact that. The house that they filmed it in was a haunted house, like a legit haunted house. That's amazing! And the story, they tell this particular story about the way a cop reacted not wanting to go into this house that just like blew me away. I think it's so cool. The weird stuff that happened on set is really interesting. And the fact that they told me about VHS 99 in the end that their segment is a horror comedy, but that they've seen everybody else's segments and there's a lot of horror comedy in it. They were really excited about how good it is. So I am dying to see it now.
1: Oh, my God. I know. Me, too. Me, too. Me, too. Me, too.
2: Soon. It'll be here soon. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you what. If Deadstream is any indication of what they're capable of, these are a pair of directors that
2: I will follow anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of grit, too, because they really you know put a lot of their own like time effort and money into this project and the way that they did all the practical effects they wanted oh, them to be the best that they could possibly be the so.
1: fingers the fingers Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of my favorite gags i've seen in a really it's long pretty time
2: good.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> amazing i cannot wait for vhs 99 to come out i hope they'll come back we can interview them again. I'll get redemption. I yes. need it. <laughs> then I can tell them, I can fangirl out and tell them how much I love Dead, Deadstream. It comes out on Shudder this week. You'll be able to see it on October 6th. It's a perfect watch for spooky season. We all love heavy, dark, upsetting horror. I mean, that's half of what we talk about on the show. But sometimes you just want a little horror serotonin. And yes. this is that movie. Yeah, 100%. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you check it out when it hits Shutter on October 6th. All right, listeners, we love to hear from you. You should always email us if you have a thought or a question or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. You can slide into the DMs and comment at ZG Podcast on instagram and twitter which you should do because right now it's extra it's always popping but it's extra popping because we're in the middle of our spooky season zombie bites theater mini mini teeny tiny movie marathon and we got a letter oh awesome yes we did okay this time we got uh, an email from our very good friend the beloved eddie eddie awesome i know i always love i love eddie i you know we hang out with him all the time on the discord he's such a delight on there i had to say some of my favorite things about doing the patreon it has been a little wild at times it's been a hard work but the best thing to come out of it is the discord and the friendships that we've made with our listeners you yeah know? i totally yeah. agree so if you've been thinking about doing patreon and joining the discord Or you are a patron and you haven't joined the Discord, you're crazy. Get over there. Say hi. We'd love to get to know you and hang out and share goofy cat photos with you. All right. So Eddie wrote, he says, hello, friends. I just wanted to send you a quick note to compliment you on your dissection of Goodnight Mommy. Oh. Yes. Which was our last episode. We discussed, obviously, the original Goodnight Mommy and then followed up on our extended episode about the new remake. Ariel was a little spicy.
2: I was tired. I had no filter, and I got a little angry. Bye, <laughs> see.
1: <Spicy. laughs> All right, but he says in a review show. I love when the themes and meaning behind them is so perfectly captured and articulated. You both did so well with this film. Oh.
3: Oh, that's so nice,
1: Eddie. Thank you. (laughs) So bravo. Thanks for being so fucking good at what you do. Love you, Eddie. Oh, Oh, Eddie, Eddie, you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Honestly, Eddie is just such a doll and a love, but he's also so thoughtful and smart. And the way that he thinks about films is is reflective of that. So that compliment from anyone would feel amazing, but especially knowing Eddie well enough to know kind of how his mind works, that really, really means a lot. Yeah,
2: to me. I totally, totally agree. We talk about horror movies on the Discord all the time, and he always has such great, insightful things to say. So, yeah, yeah. That was very nice, Eddie. Thank you. Yes, yeah, thank you so much. So
1: glad that you are. One of our friends, and that you hang out with us all the time, put up with all of our shenanigans. (laughs) Discord. (laughs) He like comes on there to have like an intelligent conversation, and I'm like fart joke, fart joke, fart joke, (laughs) which is kind of the experience anyone has that's friends with me. (laughs) Anyway, if like Eddie, you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a, a line on email or, as I said, through social media. If you are enjoying the show, please do us a favor and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you're getting your pods. It really means a lot to us. It'd be a great way to celebrate spooky season, just saying. If you're looking for something scary to watch tonight, because it is, after all, October, you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on all the many, many streaming services, as well as on video on demand. If you want to get some sweet new merch, you can always do that at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you want to support us another way, there's always Patreon. You can do so by joining our Patreon and then you get all kinds of cool benefits like extended episodes, bonus episodes, the live show coming this month, as well as hanging out on our Discord, which is a ton of fun, I swear. All right. That's all the plugs. What do you say we get out of here and go off and celebrate some spooky season on our own? And by that, I mean go to bed. Ariel, take us out. (laughs) That
2: sounds good. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of More Deadly Director's Cut. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Vanessa and Joseph Winter because I really did, and they were very generous with their time. All right, everybody, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Rub it in. (laughs)
1: Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to my co-host Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly, editing was done by Ariel Missman rucker and our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Newell.